I started a law firm today, this is exactly what I would do. Hi, and welcome back podcast listeners to the Wildly Successful Law Firm Podcast. I'm Nermeen, your host. And in this episode, I'm gonna share with you exactly what I would do if I were to start a law firm today in 2022. So the reason for this episode today is because I meet a lot of new law firm owners, people who haven't started their practice yet, but they're going to. And I give them this advice because this was the advice that I wish I had when I had my practice and I was working with hedge funds in New York City. So listen into this episode because I'm gonna give you some really great short, sweet tips that if you're not already applying to your practice, you can still do it no matter how many years into your practice you are right now. So let's go with the first thing that I would do. The first thing that I would do if I had my law firm today is I would not practice in an expensive city. So I would never practice in a New York or in LA. And the reason is because on day one, year one of my law firm, I want to be profitable, okay? And living in those really expensive cities makes it hard to get to profitability when your mortgage, when the cost of hiring and you know renting office space and all of that is so exorbitant, right? Like give yourself the best chances of succeeding by practicing in a tier two or a tier three city. So if I were to start my practice now, I would look at places like Cincinnati or Fort Lauderdale. I would not open my practice in a super expensive city. Now, when I practiced, I worked from home in Hoboken and that's where my office was. And my clients actually preferred that I came to them instead of me saying, hey, come to this co-working office that's completely out of my budget and out of your way and inconvenient to you as my client. So I would go and meet them on site at their office and it honestly worked out so much better. And it just allowed me to continue to be profitable when I had my practice. So when you are doing everything with profitability in mind, that is going to drive the decisions that you make in your law firm, including where you are actually going to set up shop. All right, the second thing I would do if I had a law firm today is I would work with a super tiny little group of clients. So if I was thinking about setting up shop today, there's two practice areas that I would consider because they're super specific, but this is just two examples of other possible practice areas that you could set up. So I would be a divorce lawyer for doctors. It's got a really nice ring to it. Divorce lawyer for doctors. Guess who I work with? Doctors, when? When they're getting divorced. Simple as that, makes it clear who I work with. You don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder, what does she do? I don't get it. Divorce doctor for lawyers. Here's the other thing I would consider doing. I'd consider being the commercial property queen, Nermeen. You know why? Because rhymes work, people remember that. And I would go after the small business owners who have commercial property. I would not sit here and say, oh, well, I do commercial, but I also do some some condo stuff here and there, and I do some shopping plaza stuff. No, too confusing. Commercial 
Queen Nermeen, okay? Very simple, very straightforward, very to the point. The biggest mistake I see people making is, I'm an injury attorney, I'm an immigration attorney. No one knows what that means and I have no idea how you are different than Joe, Bob, Billy, Sally from down the street or sharing the same office address that you are, okay? Be smart about your focus and make sure you narrow in. Don't worry, you're not gonna lose clients, you're not gonna pigeonhole yourself, blah, 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 all the fear-based shit that people tell you. Listen, I only work with female attorneys. I make that very clear. I am not hurting for clients, okay? The smaller you go, the more the odds that you will be successful in that small practice area. The third thing I would do is I would choose my practice area very carefully. And the thing that I would be looking for when choosing my practice area for my own law firm is I would make sure I had repeatable business and repeatable work that I could do for clients. Personal injury is very much one and done. If you notice in the last two examples, I said divorce for doctors, right? Here's the thing, when doctors get divorced, they also tend to be married with kids and they also want to get remarried at some point. So that gives me at least three kinds of business that I could do with that one doctor. The initial divorce, any child custody modification or claims that come thereafter, and third, when they're going in for marriage number two or three or whatever, they're gonna get a prenup because they were smarter this time and they had me to remind them, listen, you should get a prenup this time or next time, make sure you don't make the same mistake again and they won't, right? Okay, so in the commercial property example that I gave you, the benefit of working with commercial property owners is you can low key start to become their outside counsel because you have built a trusting relationship with them. So it's not just that you're gonna help them close that one property, maybe you help them with some employment matters that come up from time to time. Maybe you start reviewing some of their other commercial leases or other leases or opportunities to buy another business that come up. So you make your way in in one way and then you provide other repeatable business because business owners don't just ever have one legal need, they have multiple legal needs, right? So again, set yourself up so that you can win the game of law firm ownership, okay? That's number three, the third thing that I would do. Okay, so the fourth thing I would do, you're probably wondering, this is all great, Nermeen, but where the hell are these doctors and these commercial property business owners going to come from? Well, here's what I would do. I would join not one, but two networking groups. One would be purely for the purposes of business development, purely networking. I'm talking your uh, BNIs, your provisors, your vestiges, all of that. I would end up joining one of those and I would make sure it's local to my neighborhood because I want to exploit my local neighborhood. I want to be the person in my town in Cincinnati, in Fort Lauderdale, in Boise as the person who does, you know, divorces for doctors or commercial property queen, right? The second networking group that I would join, I would make sure that it had more of a social purpose to it. So 
in a lot of cities there's a lawyers club or there's some sort of a sort of not a country club but one step right below a country club these sort of social places where professionals can hang out you can do things like wine tastings and whiskey tastings and they're just really good opportunities to put yourself out there to become known in your local business owner community with a social fun purpose because i truly believe that when you've had a drink with someone they're more likely to hire you because now they like you right because they've had this moment with you and shared this beverage together so I would not have an Instagram account. I would not do SEO. I honestly may not even start out with a website, right? Like I would just keep it super, super lean and simple. I would not make it complicated. I only want to word of mouth relationships. And I want to start building that day one because then 10 years later, I have now built up 10 years of relationships. That is not something that you can do with digital marketing. And I believe that wholeheartedly. And that is why I absolutely love traditional networked marketing. And here's the thing, you already know this, and it's gonna be cheesy as fuck for me to say, but I'm about to say it again. Your network is your net worth. If you do not choose your network carefully, it will be a direct reflection of your net worth. So when you come crying to me saying, you're mean, I don't have any business, I'm gonna look at your network, okay? So the fifth thing that I would do is I would productize my legal offerings. I would never ever bill by the hour. This is one of the biggest mistakes I made when I had a law firm and I regret it every single moment, right? I was a slave to that clock and I would just look at the time and I would say, all right, that's another 15 minutes. Let me go ahead and write what I did in the last 15 minutes. Listen, I wholeheartedly believe that we did not go to law school so that we could bill in six minute increments and then go back and summarize what we did in those six minutes in some timekeeping software. And then you forget your six minutes and then you, forget, you get a phone call and you just, you get all confused why would I do that to myself? If I am setting myself up to win, I am not going to bill by the hour. Fuck that, not going to do it. What I am going to do is I'm going to find some form of fixed fee that I can build into my practice and continue to try to do so. Listen, divorce has now become a way that you can actually have fixed fees, especially when it's low conflict or no conflict divorce, okay? You can do the same thing with reviewing commercial property leases. You do not need to bill by the hour. I would just say, all right, $1,000 for every lease reviewed. I know that if on average every lease is 30 pages, I may end up with a lease that's five pages. That's fucking great because I just made $1,000 off of that. And sometimes there might be a lease that's 30 pages. And in that case, shit, I might have lost a little bit, but here's the thing, it all balances out, okay? And it's still way better than billing by the hour because when you do the math behind all of that, you still make more by doing fixed fees and having just flat fees for everything and being able to productize your services to be able to say, 
a prenup costs this, a trust costs this, a trust plus healthcare proxy costs this. Once you, once you start thinking about it, like items in a grocery store, you know, this grapefruit costs this, a pound of this costs this, it makes it a lot easier, okay? And I know you're all gonna get in your head like, what, but Nermeen, how do we do this? Yeah, that's why I created the hourly rate mate. So go take a look at that on my website. Okay, let me wrap this up with the last thing that I do if I had a law firm today. If I had a law firm today, the last thing that I would do is I would make sure I text savvied every single thing in my practice. I would want a perfect workflow that is working behind the scenes without me having to manually do anything from the client appointment to the payment for the consultation to hiring me to sending them the contract to getting paid every single month to then keeping them on in my network by making sure that they get a monthly newsletter from me or a quarterly newsletter whatever it ends up being right that is exactly what i would do because there are so many benefits to being able to take advantage of technology that way. And here's the thing, I believe, and I practice this way myself right now as a consultant, it's just me and I work with a lot of very talented contractors. That is exactly how I would run my law firm. I would make sure that it's just me, which means I have to be able to leverage technology effectively so that I have time to do client work and not client admin bullshit. And technology has come so far since when I first started practicing. You know, when I was interning at a family law office, there was no email. We would fax documents to opposing counsel. We would fax documents to the courthouse. There was no online filing. There was no Edgar. There was none of that stuff, right? So I would make sure that I took advantage of all of the technological improvements of today, of 2022, and put them into place in my practice. Now, if you are still sending out client appointments by saying, hey, what time works better for you? 12 or one, what day works better? And then you send them a calendar invite and da 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 da. If you're doing all of that manually, I want you to seriously consider the product that I offer now, which is called Tech Savvy. We're gonna come in, we're gonna tech savvy your entire business, so you're not doing any of that bullshit anymore, and you can buy back your time and not bill in six minute increments anymore. By God, we are so over that, okay? So I've linked in below all of the things that you need to know about the hourly rate, about Tech Savvy, and oh, by the way, I did release an audiobook. If you haven't gone and listened to it yet, you should because you're probably a type A, and the book is called How to Be Type A Without Being an Asshole. So go and check out all of those things. I will be back next week with another episode. Thank you so much for listening in. And as always, if you have any questions, come reach out to me on Instagram. Don't be shy. I'm at we are wildly successful. Okay, and listen, serious request. If you really enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe and leave a review. These things go a long, long way. I'm giving you all this information for free. The least you can do is leave me a fucking review or subscribe. Thank you. 
Hey, law firm owners. Thanks so much for listening in to another episode of the Wildly Successful Law Firm Podcast. I so appreciate your support and being here. Please, please, please take two seconds to subscribe to the podcast or to leave a review. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter because I do send a lot of specials and offers and just cool things via email once every week. The link to sign up is below. Thank you so much again for supporting me. I am here to help you grow your wildly successful law firm. Thank you.